Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, really glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got a good martini, which is also a very, very cool martini. Uh, We have a bad martini that's affecting all of us already, and it's only going to get worse. (coughs) And then we have a truly crazy martini. So crazy that Jim's already sneezing over it. And so, uh, Jim, let's talk about our good martini. Uh, Longtime Three Martini Lunch listeners will know that one of our very favorite things to talk about is really cool intelligence uh, operations that Israel uses against Iran. We've seen magnet bombs thrown against the cars of nuclear scientists. We've talked about the Stutznet worm. Uh, I think there was actual explosions at nuclear facilities. That haven't officially been uh, claimed necessarily by Israel, but I think we pretty much know. And now we've got another one. This is courtesy of a, a Twitter thread from Open Source Intelligence Insider. It says a close associate of Iran's supreme leader has turned out to be an Israeli spy. Catherine Shakdam was regularly featured on press TV and other Iranian state media, and she has now revealed that she is Jewish and works for Israel's foreign intelligence agency. Catherine Shakdam made her way into Iran's power corridors by introducing herself as a newly converted, fierce, anti-Israel British Muslim. Her articles were regularly featured on the personal website of Iran's supreme leader. That would be the Ayatollah Khamenei. Uh, Iran's current president, Raisi, gave her a special interview during previous elections when he was a presidential candidate. She was also seen with many high-profile ministers in the Iranian government during the past eight years. In a recent interview, she has said she was able to infiltrate into Iran's power corridors because Iranian uh, regime figures always yearn for validation from foreign white people. She gave them validation through her work and was able to hack the high offices of Iran. Quote, I nevertheless walked right into the belly of the beast by the request of the very government whose motto calls for the death of all Jews and the annihilation of Israel. Uh, Iran is trying to do some damage control, Jim, but uh, it almost seems like Tehran just uh, rolled out the red carpet for her here and she took full advantage of it. Hopefully she got a lot of good intel. I suspect being a Western woman may have uh, had a certain appeal there. She says having a French passport and her former marriage to a Yemeni Muslim gave her, quote, a free pass to many Islamic countries. Uh, Amenajad supporters say that she had close or intimate relations. I'm wondering how they're characterizing the word intimate uh, with dozens of officials, including Yodola Javani, which is the managing director of the Revolutionary Guard Corps Weekly. By the way, I didn't even know the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps had a weekly magazine, but they do. So, <laughs> El Sadaq, you know, so I guess it's like time if you really like, you know, killing people. Um, and Hamiriza Mogadamfadar, deputy chief of the organization that publishes Khamenei's works and runs his website. So some fairly high level officials, and I'm sure the Israelis enjoyed getting their hands on all of this sort of stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, her courage is extraordinary. I think coming out and saying so at this point is extraordinary. I guess there's a sense that there's no, either there's no further ability to her, she no longer has an ability to get useful information out of these figures, perhaps her cover was blown, and or the Israelis just wanted to see the Iranians' faces when this information was revealed and how many Iranian officials apparently interacted with this woman and, you know, God knows what they told her. Uh, presumably useful information, never knowing she was secretly working for the Israelis all along. Jim, do you think after each of these 
incredible embarrassments, setbacks, uh, infiltrating episodes by Israeli intelligence. Do you feel like there's constant episodes of that scene from Downfall with Hitler where he finds out just how bad things were, how things were compromised, information, uh, scientists with uh, critical knowledge getting whacked on the way to work and so forth. And they're just pulling their hair out every time this happens because uh, I just find it a lot of fun. Well, I think what, one of the things this reveals is that no matter how secure you think your organization is, your system is, no matter how many precautions you, you put into place, in the end, your organization and your government is full of human beings, and human beings are flawed and vulnerable and sometimes make stupid decisions, and they are usually the weakest link. Uh, you know, listeners know I've written a couple of spy novels, another one in the works. And so to do, to you know, make them good, I do a lot of research and all kinds of fascinating examples who say, if you want to hack into some organization's computer network and it is password protected, Generally, the easiest way to do it is not to have some fancy algorithm or something like that, is to get into the workplace. Uh, and usually people keep their passwords on a post-it note next to their computer. <laughs> Ordinary people in every big organization have the same problem remembering all their passwords that everybody else does. And so somebody somewhere is going to write it down and keep it easily accessible. And of course, this is terrible you know, information security uh, practices, but human beings do this. All you got to do is figure out which guy is the one who's most annoyed by passwords, and, and that's how you can do it. So, in a way, the, it's, there's something reassuring to know that the flaws of humanity are some, more or less universal, and that there's only, and in some cases, it's you know, oh, here is this attractive woman coming along who's you know fascinated by our government and fascinated by me, and she thinks I'm amazing and terrific. Let me tell her how, just how great and terrific I am, and lo and behold, they end up spilling a lot of beans. That's um, anywhere you go in this world, human beings are going to be human beings. I shudder to think what she may have had to do uh, to get close to some of these people. That's unfortunately sometimes uh, the cost of of successful espionage work. But, uh, you know, uh, the Israelis do phenomenal work. Uh, obviously, God bless those who are faithfully doing the work in our own intelligence community and in our allies as well. But uh, amazing story, once again, of uh, Israel infiltrating Iran. And uh, hopefully... Sets Iran back in a number of different ways. I guess we'll never know exactly uh, how much, but nonetheless, fun story. Uh, Jim, on to our sponsor for the day. And when it comes to money and your small business, there are smart ways that you can proceed. Because look, fortune favors the bold. And right now, you're going to need a lot of boldness the way our economy is going. More on that in a second, Martini. For your business to break out of anything holding you back, you're going to need business checking just as brave as you are. And that's why Novo is introducing Novo Business Checking. Novo is powerfully simple business checking. And unlike the traditional banking model, Novo has no minimum balances, no transaction limits, and no hidden fees. Instead of a one-size-fits-all approach, Novo is customized to your business to save you time and free up cash flow with seamless integrations into Stripe, Shopify, QuickBooks Online, and more. Sign up for Novo for free and join the community of more than 150,000 fearless small businesses who have found the customizable business checking solution that admires their brave. Sign up for your free business checking account right now at novo.co slash martini. Plus, three Martini Lunch listeners get access to more than $5,000 in perks and discounts. Go to novo.co slash martini to sign up for free. Novo.co slash martini. Novo Platform Inc. is a fintech, not a bank. Banking services provided by Middlesex Federal Savings, FA, member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. 
All right, Jim, on to our second martini now. And as advertised, it is about the economy. We got updated inflation news today, and it is not good. This is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The Consumer Price Index for all urban consumers, big inflation gauge, increased 0.8% in February on a seasonally adjusted basis after rising 0.6% in January. Over the last 12 months, the All Items Index increased 7.9%. Uh, before seasonal adjustment. Increases in the indexes for gasoline, shelter, and food were the largest contributors to the seasonally adjusted all items increase. The gasoline index rose 6.6% in February and accounted for almost a third of the all items monthly increase. Other energy component indexes were mixed. The food index rose 1.0% as the food at home index rose 1.4%. The even worse news here is that most of this report doesn't even take into account uh, everything that's happened as a result of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. What also makes things worse is the Biden administration constantly changing their explanation for why we're seeing terrible inflation. Now, of course, Biden and Saki are out there saying everything you hate about the economy, it's all Vladimir Putin's fault. But that's not how they've always characterized it. Thanks to Rick Santelli over at CNBC for putting it into perspective. This inflation news is going to be tough for the administration. Nothing, Joe, nothing has been more politicized than inflation. Just let's harken back to all the things we've been through. First, it was transitory. Then inflation is good. Then we went to corporate greed. Now we're at Putin. This inflation news. So, Jim, that pretty much is telling us exactly what happened. They first tried to tell us it would go away quickly. Uh, then it was good because the economy's coming back. And now it's all Vladimir Putin's fault. You know, Greg, um, I can still remember the days when the Biden administration, or at least uh, I think it was Ron Klain, was retweeting an assessment in which high inflation was a high class problem. Is the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine contributing to high gas prices right now? Yes. But gas prices have been increasing since last summer. Uh, you know, really, this is not something that just suddenly happened in the last two weeks or a month or so. This is, this is, you know, it, it's exacerbating a problem that was bad and getting worse even before Russian tanks started moving and things like that. Uh, and also, like you know, inflation has a bunch of different factors. Increased fuel costs are a factor. Everything you buy in store had to get there. The raw materials had to get to the factory. That takes fuel. The factory has to assemble it. That's going to run on energy. Then it's got to get to the store or maybe the distribution center. That takes gas. Then from the distribution center to your store, that takes gas. Yeah, all of that kind of stuff is going to you know, increase the cost, no doubt about it. But that's not the only reason inflation is getting on. And the most like extraordinarily frustrating, but I think very succinct way of describing of what we're going through right now comes from Jeff Stein of the Washington Post. This was a uh, 0.8, you know, eight tenths of a percentage point in one month in February. Month before, six tenths of a point. Before that, six tenths of a point. November, it was seven tenths. Back in October, it was nine tenths of a point, almost one percentage point in the whole month. And so you look at this, you know, this is basically eight averaging out to about eight tenths of a of, per month. And he points out your wages are never going to keep pace with eight tenths of a percentage point monthly cost increases month after month. This is a better way of thinking about it is think of it as you're getting a 10% cut in your pay each year. That is the equivalent of that. Everybody's going to start feeling this. And maybe you're super rich, you're never going to worry about any of this stuff. But, you know, poor, obviously, are going to be feeling it immediately, particularly when they see it in groceries, you know, gas to be put in their car to get to work and stuff like that. But even the people who probably feel like, ah, it's not that bad, they're starting to feel it. They're starting to notice it. It gets really kind of annoying. And you recognize that you're not getting as much for your money. It really frustrates you. It's, it's, it's unbelievable the degree to which the administration is either whistling past the graveyard on this or saying, oh, this is all Putin's fault and 
let's get I mean, look, I want to blame Putin for a lot. He's, you know, an evil SOB who's causing misery all around the world, but he's not really the cause of our inflation. We'll see more of the Putin effect uh, next month. But uh, Heather Long, who uh, reports on these things and is looking at the BLS statistics, looking at hotels costing 29% more. Furniture, 17.1% higher. Chicken, 13.2%. New cars and trucks, 12.4%. Flooring, 11.3%. On and on and on it goes. And so every single part of your life is affected by this. All right. Let's find a way to save some money. Can we do that? Oh, yes, we can. Over at MyPillow with huge savings. Who doesn't love a great deal? Right now, you can access more than 20 of them over at MyPillow.com slash martini, including offers of the MyPillows themselves as low as $19.98. My slippers at 50% off. My pillow towel sets at $39.99. Huge discounts. 60% off all Giza Dream Sheets with prices as low as $39.99. Think of the dream sheets that are made from the world's best cotton, which is grown only in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. These sheets are ultra soft and breathable. They are available in a variety of colors and sizes. They're machine washable, and they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a one-year limited warranty. You know, it's fun. I mentioned uh, my wife's cousin the other day liking the slippers. My mother-in-law then informed me, hey, I love the pillow. I even travel with it. I like it so much I don't want any other pillow. So um, all the family members getting their endorsements in now, which I'm happy to pass along. And so uh, you will find all these offers and more at MyPillow.com slash martini or call 800-874-0104. Right now, every order using the promo code martini will receive Mike Lindell's book, What are the Odds from Crack Addict to CEO for free? MyPillow.com slash martini or call 800-874-0104. Get direct access to deals at MyPillow.com slash martini. All right, Jim, on to our crazy martini now. And for our listeners old enough to remember the uh, beginning of the war in Iraq in March of 2003, maybe, maybe even into April 2003, there was a figure near the Baghdad airport who was known as Baghdad Bob, who liked to just pretend things weren't happening. The U.S. troops haven't gotten to the airport. They haven't gotten here. They haven't gotten there. Yes, we had. We had gotten everywhere. He said we hadn't. But uh, this time it's not quite as funny because this time it's coming from the Russian foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov. Uh, this is according uh, to the Wall Street Journal. He was at a press conference, I guess, yesterday. He denied that Russia had invaded Ukraine. Quote, we have no plans to invade other countries. We didn't invade Ukraine, said Mr. Lavrov, speaking in Russian through a live translation in response to a question about Russia's intentions. The question was about, you know, will you invade any other countries? Mr. Lavrov did not explain the statement when questioned. Quote, I think you said Russia did not invade Ukraine when it clearly has, said a journalist. Why should the Ukrainians take you seriously? Why should they believe a word you say? Quote, I'm talking about the security of the whole continent, including Ukraine, said Mr. Lavrov in a rambling answer. So... Jim, I mean, I've seen a lot of spin in politics and certainly in war, but uh, yeah, that whole invasion where hundreds and thousands of people are dying never happened. Just remember, this was the guy who pressed the reset button with Hillary Clinton back at the beginning <laughs> of the Obama administration. Um, what the Russians are doing is really maddening. And I think it's strange. You know, the, the fact that they're liars on top of being war criminals shouldn't seem, you know, it, it seems like a small sin in comparison. But it's almost like, look, if you guys are going to be the kind of brutal, sadistic maniacs who would shell into cities and apparently hit several hospitals yesterday, including a maternity hospital, 
then just own it. Just just admit you you are evil bastards and just this this is who you are. That's what you're willing to do. Fine, but don't do this. I think like oh, we're just fighting this limited military operation and we're doing this entirely in response to it's a counterterrorism operation. It's denazification. We there are a lot of Nazi infants in that hospital. You know, at some point it just gets just utterly intolerable. And I'm glad Russia is being isolated. I started out this conflict not wanting to see Russia impoverished or, or asking the question of how much you wanted to deliberately impoverish in a country that had 4,500 nuclear warheads. I, I think with each passing day in which these outrages, war crimes, and just you know unspeakable acts of brutality against innocent civilians, each day it goes on. I care less and less about what the long-term consequences to Russia are because they cannot do this and not expect the world to react. I, I kind of went off this little tirade on Twitter yesterday, which, you know, the, the, the foreign policy realists scoffed at that I was being so unrealistic in my outrage over the video. This is, this is what Russia does. It's just part of how they do business. This is, you know, like, look, if you, if you can look at this stuff and not have your blood boil, I, I think, you know, I, I wonder what's ticking inside you. Because this is, you know, it's one thing to say, don't invade that country. It's another thing to say, don't slaughter those innocent civilians. And the idea that Russia has this twisted sense that if, well, if we're cruel enough, the Ukrainians will surrender and the West will back down. If we are brutal enough, if we kill enough people, they'll give us what we want. We got to stand up to this. And we have stand up to it in the form of economic sanctions. We've stood up to it in the form of sending Stinger missiles and Javelin anti-tank weapons to the Ukrainians. And I'm glad we're doing that. We're not sending a MiG 29s apparently. Uh, apparently, the Pol you know the Polish are ready to do it. We're not going to play a role in that deal, unfortunately. Deeply frustrating to see what's going on here, and just the idea that Lavrov can still go into these forums and insist that they're not actually attacking uh, is ridiculous. Oh, by the way, he also said they have no intention of attacking anyone else, which, based on everything else he's saying, is an admission that they intend to attack someone else. Yeah, obviously, if he's denying that the invasion that already happened happened, then uh, his word that there won't be any more uh, is worth absolutely nothing. Wow. Jim, you never know what you're going to get. Hopefully we got some good news tomorrow. See you then. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Do subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Uh, thank you very much for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please keep those coming. They're a huge help to us. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Thursday, and please join us again on Friday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hey guys, it's Mock and Daisy from Chicks on the Right. We're excited to tell you about our podcast, the Mock and Daisy Common Sense Cast. From discussing topics like cancel culture, what's happening to our new generations, crises in our nation, and even some high-profile interviews, each week we touch on subjects that matter to us and matter to you. And we're not afraid to tell you how it is, so tune in every week to hear us talk about the things or even just get a good laugh. To find out more, go to our website, chicksontheright.com, or start listening on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to leave Leave a comment or review and subscribe.